Carolina Hurricanes will take on the Washington Capitals in the outdoor game, the stadium series game. Carolina should have had this in 2021, did not because pandemic. And then in 22, decided to push it out a year because weren't sure. And now they're going to be about almost 60,000 people at Carter-Finley Stadium watching a hockey game. Luke DeCock will be there. I will be there. Uh, And frankly, 25 years ago, I would have never guessed that we would have anything like this. First, as a man who I heard was doing triple axles and hamel camels on the ice last night, how does the ice feel, Luke? Slippery. <laughs> no, I look. I, I'm, I'm Dennis is a much better skater than I am. Um, yeah, I think ninety nine fan, ninety the fan would beat the N and O because we each have one capable player. And if I'm the N and O's nominee, it's going to be ugly. Ooh. I'm glad. I'm, I know video exists. I know where it is. I can destroy it if needed. Uh, but it was awesome being out there. Uh, you know, I, I said all along, really from the first day they started putting the rink in, um, this is all so much cooler than I ever imagined. And as you alluded to earlier, you know, you go back to 2003, I was having this conversation yesterday with someone who used to work for the Hurricanes back then. We were jo- we and I wrote this, we joked about this. Like, they played the first Heritage Classic in Edmonton, and everyone's like, oh my God, outdoor games. And we, I remember we were joking, like, hey, Carter Finley, let's do it. Yep. And, there was not a, a hint of seriousness in that. It would never happen, not in a million years. Um, but as I wrote, it only took 20. And, you know, it says a lot about this market. It says a lot about the hurricane. It says a lot about how things have changed since 2018 because of Tom Dundon and Rod Brindamore and, and, and others. Uh, it, it says a lot about the way this market embraces big events, whether it's the NCAA tournament, Someday, hopefully, a women's regional or women's final four at PNC. Yep. Uh, whether it's the all-star game, the draft, obviously the playoffs. Um, you know, this is an area that gets behind that kind of thing. If Carter Finley were wide enough to host like a, you know, a big time club soccer exhibition, uh, we'd get behind that too. Because yeah. we, we dig that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, the fact that it isn't wide enough to host, uh, big time soccer also makes it perfect for this. The stands are so close to the rink. Um, it's amazing being out there in the stadium, obviously on the ice. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be wild. Looks like the weather is going to be a lot better than today. And, and as the joke I've been making, which I really didn't think was that funny, maybe it isn't, but people seem to laugh. It just feels like traditional North Carolina outdoor hockey weather. <laughs> it absolutely does. Luke DeCock is joining us from the NNO at Luke DeCock on Twitter. Five years ago, Five years and a month ago, uh, Tom Dundon was introduced as the owner of the Hurricanes. And at the introductory press conference, I remember this to a T. I hope I'm not imagining it because I do feel like it definitely happened. And he said, sitting next to Gary Bettman, I want one of those outdoor games. And Bettman kind of chuckled. It was sort of an uneasy, yeah, like pump the brakes, dude, kind of a chuckle. Because the most recent full season, Carolina was dead last in the NHL in attendance. It was about 11-4 a night. And you and I, who are at almost all of those games, know that that was maybe an artist's uh, renditioning of 11-4. Many times it was well below that. And 
for where for them to be where they are today, they are eighth in the NHL in attendance, and they'd be higher if the building were bigger. They've gotten so many sellouts this year. They've got one crowd this year all year long under 18,000. As it turns out, it was the Capitals on Halloween night. Um, That's a tough one. (laughs) Absolutely. But that's where this franchise is. It's not all winning because, you know, they started to grow immediately after Tom Dundon. Um, what What do you attribute it to the most? Winning. I, it's not all winning. The marketing has been good. Uh, you know, obviously spending to the cap sends a message that wasn't being sent uh, during the Carmanos regime. You know, and let's not forget, this was a two-way street. There were fans who tuned out. That's fine. The team was terrible. It was uninteresting to watch a lot of the time. At the same time, the Hurricanes were, as I wrote today, were selling stew meat and calling it filet mignon. They were insulting the intelligence of the fan base. And I told every, I told at that time anyone who would listen that the fan base was not dead, it was dormant. And if you gave these people something worth coming out to see, win or lose, but show some effort, show some hustle, uh, show some skill, put some talent out there. Don't tell us that Jeff Skinner is the next big star when we can all see him late, you know, lollygagging back on defense. Give us guys like Sebastian Ajo. Uh, give us guys like Jacob Slavin. Give us a coach like Rod Brindamore who will build an identity. Give us a yeah. captain like Justin Williams, who will be, you know, shares a brain with Brindamore and could implement that in the room and knows what it takes to win, not just in the NHL, but knows what it takes to win here and what mattered here once. And that's all happened. It's all, it's all happened on every front. Um, hasn't always been smooth, um, but, you know, now it kind of feels like there's a direct connection from 2006 and 2009 and even 2011, because that All-Star game was a pretty seminal moment, to now – when four or five years ago, it felt like that stuff was another generation. We've kind of glossed over those eight or nine years when things were really, really dismal, but, but, you know, the full 10-year playoff drop. And honestly, it reminds, it, it reminds me a lot of what happened last night. Cam Ward, he even said it. There were some great times and some not-so-great times. Mm-hmm. The same people who cheered wildly when he talked about calling Raleigh home, a lot of those people were booing him. Yeah. And, and what happens is, with time by honoring Cam Ward for the great things that he did do, you buff off some of the rough edges on that. You feel better about things. The, the, the bad times start to get a little hazy. You, you focus on the good. And look, Cam Ward absolutely deserved to be the first player into that Hall of Fame other than the retired numbers. And, and you know, we can argue about whether or not Cam Ward rises to the level of a retired jersey. I don't see him at the same level of those guys as two surefire Hall of Famers. And a guy who's who's right out, you know, right on the edge, not a Hall of Famer, but right right there, one of the best defensemen of his generation. But Cam Ward did amazing things for this franchise. And he deserved to be honored, deserved to be honored last night. And we can kind of say, hey, 2006, 2009, mm-hmm. we watched this kid grow up and he was classy and, and did it with dignity and humility and all that. We can say the same thing about the history of the Hurricanes now. Yes. In everybody's mind, we can jump straight from 2009 to 2019 and uh, feel great about it in the stadium series and going to the conference finals and all the things that have happened under Rod Brindamore the last couple of years. It buffs off all those rough edges. And now you've got an owner who's committed. You've got players who are committed. You've got a team with an identity and a personality um, that it lives up to and that it adheres to. And there's none of this phony crap that we used that we heard for years about, you know, oh, it's overtime losses and one goal games or, 
you know, a Martinet coach who didn't trust himself enough to have a real captain and had co-captains instead. I don't blame Jordan Stahl or Justin Fox for that. They were put in an impossible position. And you can see what Jordan Stahl's done as a solo <laughs> captain now. But that was a that was a coaching and general manager problem. Yes. You get Ron Francis out of here. You start making an actual hockey trade for the first time since Jim Rutherford had some money. You get a real coach in here who gets this market, the city, this franchise. You get a real captain or two in here who can communicate at that level. And look, look what's happened to Sebastian Ojo. Look what's happened to Marty Nation. That's not just Marty, although he deserves a ton of the credit. That's him being swept along in a culture that he wasn't keeping up with. And he knew it. And he knew he had to change or he wasn't going to fit in. And he wasn't going to be here. That's culture. Right. And, and that's... Outdoor games, it fits into that, too. The way that people bought... The league was blown away at, at how quickly tickets sold. They were worried about yeah. ticket sales. Think right. about that. I know. Absurd. Here's here's the thing. Little people understand this market. We we I don't know how long that took, but we got to the real answer, and the real answer is Rod Brindamore, uh, because all of that culture is Rod Brindamore, and you saw it from the ovations last night. Um, you know, Francis got a great ovation. Wesley got a great ovation. Cam Ward got a great ovation. Uh, Rod Brindamore, I think everybody just kind of felt that. <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah. it's the way we look at him, and, and he's got his fingerprints on everything. Uh, every conversation I have had about the, t- the current state of this team and the future of this team starts with the head coach. It is remarkable uh, what he has been able to do, given the tools uh, presented to him by the owner. I'm not in any way uh, overlooking what Tom Dundon's philosophy is. Put money into the team, and, and he has given Rod Brindamore those uh, those tools. Real quick, because something else is going to be at PNC Arena on Sunday, and I don't want to forget that it happens, uh, that it's going to happen, and it matters a lot. Uh, so in our last minute or so here, Luke DeCock of the News and Observer, uh, who needs that one more? You know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that, and I'll, I'll be quicker. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I'm working on a column right now about it. I, I, I honestly think State needs it more, and here's uh-huh. why. Not because of the NCAA tournament. Carolina needs it more for that. Analytically, anecdotally, and uh, any kind of our, uh, objective measurement, NC State is a better team than UNC this year. They both have Player of the Year candidates. NC State's got a better resume. they got better efficiency numbers, all that. But it's really hard to sit here and say this when they can't beat Carolina. And so I think this is a big one for NC State. If they really want to say that they're a better team than Carolina and they may play them again in Greensboro, you, you, that, that higher seed is going to feel really hollow if you lose both games in the seasons here. So I think it's bigger for NC State in the big picture, not the NCAA tournament picture, the big picture. I think there's a little bit of NCAA tournament ramifications there for State. State is, uh, in, I think, risking putting themselves in a little bit of jeopardy, but certainly risking crushing their ability to get into, to be in a white jersey to uh, to start the NCAA tournament or whatever the home jerseys are now. I have no idea what teams wear home or road anymore um, based on all, all sorts of sports changing it up, but... Um, yeah, I, I do think that at this point, state state needs to prove it to themselves too, uh, just about how good they are. And this would be a good litmus test for that. Yeah, Carolina still has not proven anything away from home. Uh, they have a couple of nice home wins, but they have not proven anything away from home. Uh, all right, I will see you out there. What time are you getting out there tomorrow, Luke Tacock? 
Well, I would say I'm following my own advice and getting out there right when the lot's open. I probably will give it an hour or two. But I, I do, I do want to say, you know, I, I was at the U2 concert with probably a lot of people who are listening. I got there early. I didn't realize how bad the traffic was until we, we parked right in front of PNC, right on the, on the, the, you know, the road that goes out there. And right. we hopped into the car, pulled out, got on the highway, and all of a sudden there's just all these cars abandoned on the side of Wade Avenue. Get there early. I, you know, like I'm not going to go to the fan fest and drink a bunch of the NHL's official hard seltzer because I'm working. <laughs> but if I were going as a fan, I would be there between two and three, and I would get a good spot, and I would have a good time, and I would watch the team show up, and I would tailgate and do all the things that we like to do, and I would not mess around with showing up at six o'clock for an eight o'clock game. No question about it. I'll see you out there bright and early. All right, Luke. Take it. Take care. You, you got it. Luke Takak of the News and Observer here.